Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, on the day of the NHL starting its season, it doesn't matter because the biggest trade of the NBA season has happened and the president got impeached again. How are we? A lot to take in. The last 15 minutes? No, 20 minutes? An hour before the Penguins game starts. I know. Well, I saw what is happening was was trending. That's the situation we're in right now. We couldn't give the NHL their no. day. No, of course not. Of course not. That'd be the nice thing to do. Yeah, no. But this is the day that that Brooklyn decide, you know, what, we're just going to trade away every first rounder. All of them. Imagine Again. if that happened in hockey. Well, see, this is... Never. Can you, isn't there a rule, and this is dumb for the NHL, that you can't trade your pick that's that's Well, oh, the consecutive ones, yeah. That's, that's in the NBA, The NBA. Right? The NHL doesn't have that. They don't, really. No. So you could just do, do like, I'm trading six first-rounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, remember Tampa every year, always like, when they weren't winning the Cups, but they were always so close. They kept trading their first-round picks. To the Islanders for some reason, like in P- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh did the same thing. Yeah, I think either yeah, they, they traded either, for either they Ryan traded, Reeves. either they traded the pick or they traded the player that they selected with the pick. Yeah, well, to be fair, they're still doing that. We are on a Samuel Poulain. <laughs> they literally, right now. they literally don't have next year's first round pick either. I don't think I feel like people forget this. Yeah, they have they, Jason Zucker. They kept this year, and then, yeah, Minnesota gets next year. Right? Yeah, so they yeah. kept this year, traded it for Kasperi Kapanen, and then said Minnesota will get yours, uh, you'll get ours next year. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like an Ottawa situation waiting to happen, though. Guys, there's a real chance that by the time people listen to this podcast, it's completely out of date. That's okay. Again, tonight. It, it's about the adventure. The bizarre yeah. adventure. You're the bizarre mm-hmm. adventure. Uh, yes. <laughs> what a great time in our lives. Um, but tonight, the NHL's 2021 season starts officially, guys. And yeah, Pittsburgh plays Philly. We don't care about that. Because the Canadians and the Leafs are kicking it off in the North Division. The nightcap. I, see, I, sound, I sound official when I say that. The nightcap is the Oilers and the Canucks. So uh, later in the show, we will preview the Canadians and Leafs. It's the main event, whatever. But before we get there, there's been some news, names of some captains, some updates regarding certain teams, cap situations, some trade speculation. But first, guys, congratulations to Dylan Larkin on being named Detroit's captain, something I think we all thought had already happened, but turns out not, Daniel. Yeah, it kind of felt like he was already the captain in a way, you know, uh, not just an abdicator or Darren Helm, but uh, Dylan Larkin. I think he's someone that has been a bit of a bright spot that I think things are on the up and up now for the Red Wings with the draft picks they've got and the leadership they have with Steve Eiserman. But Dylan Larkin was really that guy you looked at where they lucked out on in getting him, what, 15th overall? 
that he's really developed into someone that kind of represents that identity, something that I think has been missing up until this point. Daniel, don't forget about Franz Nielsen and Luke Glendening, okay? I of know, course, yes. I know they're not the first name that comes, the first names that come to mind, but uh... remember when Luke Glendening almost was a Leaf? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you are right, exactly 15th overall, 2014. Yeah, one of the few bright spots in Detroit. It's like him, Mantha, and that's it. <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah, like I don't really think there is a, a better candidate for their captaincy. No, I mean, I think, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. go. I was just going to say, I think Dylan Larkin gets a lot of uh, crap because, you know, I think everyone expected him to be such an elite player and he didn't necessarily fulfill that. Like he's by, by no means is he a bad player. He's, he's a, a bare minimum, a top six guy. I think he's honestly, he could, he's a first line center. Like, I don't really know if that, like, I, I think there's people would make an argument that he's not, but I think you also have to look at what's around him. Right. I think there was that winning tradition there where the Red Wings at the time they drafted him, you know, they were still technically, you know, getting by with what they had. And they didn't have what we've seen before where, you know, you see the Steve Eiserman, Brendan Shanahan era. And then for that era, it's the Nick Lidstrom, Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk era. And then, Suddenly, after that's not there anymore, you have Dylan Larkin, and I think that that was that pressure where they wanted him immediately to be that guy. You took the words right out of my mouth, there, Daniel. It was, it was he his sort of rise came right as Zetterberg started really having the back issues. Dotsuk ran away the, to Russia. Uh, it was literally worse timing for the guy, and it's. Yeah. That's really just the worst case that could have happened to him. Because again, yeah, Lidstrom had retired a few years before that. And yeah, it was that we're going to try and sign any other, like oh, like Trevor Daly was a guy they tried to bring in to keep it around. Yeah. And a lot of people expected Larkin to be Zetterberg. No, that's not how this works. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> at, at, on a, probably a championship level team, you would love to have Larkin as your second line center, I'd say. I think he's around the same level as a Sean Monaghan. And, but yeah. I, and again, I'm someone who's very high on Monaghan. And not to mention, the guy is just a speed demon. I believe he still holds the fastest skater record, doesn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Maybe, or Barzell just broke it. But Dylan Larkin, man, the guy can't grind. He's also 24 years old. Like, I feel like he's been in the league. Yeah, like for we, so long. We, we all think about Dylan Larkin. I feel like, you know, he's been in the league for one, two, five years. This will be his sixth year. Wow. But it feels like he's been in the league forever. He might have. He's only made Detroit right away then. Um, or like I, first or second year after being drafted. Second, second year. Second year. Yeah. He, he played. Wow, he, he didn't even play in the AHL either. No, he played one year at Michigan um, in the NCAA and then hopped right into Detroit. Talk Attaboy. about a local guy. Mm-hmm. Another captaincy. Vegas officially named their first captain in franchise history. Mark Stone. And I am so happy for Mark Stone because he, he survived Ottawa, I guess is a nice way of putting it. Got a massive deal. Is a perennial nowadays a you know a Selkie Trophy finalist. Hopefully he'll get one by the end of his career. 
but another very well-deserving one. I'm sure Pacioretty, after his time in Montreal, said, yeah, no, thank you. I don't want that. Um, Petrangelo has also been given an A, which is pretty interesting. But the leadership group in Vegas is really farming here. And I think it was – I don't think there was a better choice than Mark Stone. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the the Vegas was such an inter- is such an interesting team off the ice because it's not like it's full of leaders, right? the the whole The whole idea, and and what I mean by that is like when when they got first formed, the whole thing was we are a bunch of guys who couldn't make it mm-hmm. with our with their previous teams, and most of them did. Tuck Carlson. I mean, I Smith and Marcia so made it, but like it Florida, I don't know why Florida did that, but like the, they're meant that mentality there. And, and I think they added such key pieces, you know, Mark Stone, um, even Max Pacioretty. Like I know, like he was a captain in, in Montreal, like they he, they added guys who, you know, will make that, that locker room, Better, and I think Mark Stone's the bet was the best choice for them. Looking at their roster, mm-hmm. all right. Hey. Daniel, did he play in the World Juniors? I gotta know. Yes, Mark Stone did play in the World <laughs> Juniors. <laughs> Got a silver medal though. Wow. Uh, but what I like about Mark Stone is, you know, I think this was a long time coming. I remember in Ottawa where I think the condition was like, if he does stay, for sure they're giving him the captaincy. Yes, that it was already something that was going to happen, and then when he goes to Vegas. He just is that guy that I think you could rely on on all sides of the ice. You know, he plays that 200-foot game. He is excellent at interviews. He is someone that has been able to really balance things out. And I think that this helps Vegas moving forward where now they have that established leadership group. And if they want to take that next step, they have people to kind of rely on now to say, like, hey, this is the leadership in the room. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to handle it. Mm Mm-hmm. Next piece of news here. We're going rapid fire because we want to give a, a good bit of time for Montreal and Toronto. Mike Milbury is out in NBC as an analyst after a few sexist comments on air in the bubble. And NBC have, have been very brave here and have replaced him with Mike Babcock. Why do you say that's brave? Because I think they're I think they're very different type of people. You went from a guy who's like, ah joke about women's sports to the guy who was like being called like a manipulator and like all the stuff with Mitch. It's just, you, it's a, it's a worse kind of crap, but it's still kind of crap. The guy still yeah. has reputation is what I mean. Yeah. I don't know Alex's initial reaction to this. That's what I call you just thought of. I mean, I don't it. really want, like I rarely look at the NBC broadcast unless it's on. Um, and then, you know, I, I say this all the time. I rarely listen to the intermissions. Mm-hmm. Recently, I have been, but like, I, I don't know. Just sometimes, just one of those Gary things. Gary Galley's doing the Habs Leafs game tonight. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> no, but like, I think it's an in- interesting thing. Like, you're right. Like, I think in the past, he's had, obviously, with the Leafs and even with the Red Wings, some questionable things he's done. I. I want to say it's going to be different, but I don't know. Like, I don't think, okay, here's what I think I know for sure. I don't think we're going to get into the territory 
of having discussions like we were having discussions about Cherry and Milbury. I don't think that's really going to happen because it, it it never that that those type of things never were seem to really be an issue. But I do think, yeah, like I think if unless things have completely changed, I think we're going to have some discussions of the way he talks about behind the game, the off the ice. I don't think we're necessarily going to have issue. I think we're going to disagree with him on how he thinks of the things on the ice, because that's just how I disagree with him all the time. But I'm also just doing a podcast. He's a coach. So we're going to, but it'll be interesting. Don't undersell yourself, Alex. Well, you know, Daniel, there is um like, say what you want about his style and if he still kind of coaches and, and what could still succeed in the NHL today. But I just wonder if he's going to be like, if we're going to enjoy listening to him, because it's not like he's ever been that charismatic a guy. And I mean, Brian Burke has a certain charm to him. Like he's like, Brian Burke is not bursting with personality, mm-hmm. but he, he's got this, this, I can't describe it, but it's, it's just this likability about it. Maybe it's his, his sort of no nonsense attitude, but it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the same feeling with Babcock. And again, yeah, like we only, us in Canada would only see it when there's um, an NBC SN sort of American game. Like I'm assuming with the, um, with the Pens game, it goes through that. But yeah. mm-hmm. your take on this as well, Daniel. Former Ducks coach. Like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, he is someone that I kind of agree with where it's just been so stoic. I remember meeting him. Um, at one of their training camps with the prospects, uh, this Wait, was what? Yeah, um, he was just signing autographs. I got to meet oh. him. Um, how how was? Yeah, it? I was gonna say, how have you never told this story on the podcast? Oh, I don't know. So, um, here, yeah, this is the story. Um, when Austin Matthews was drafted, um, they had one of their prospect training camps in Niagara Falls at one of yes, the yes. arenas there, and um, my friends like here man i got tickets let's go i'm like all right let's go it was like a morning of decision and then yeah we got to watch it i remember austin matthews was wearing like 64 for some reason and yeah anthony broder was in net for uh, one of the teams that was pretty funny but yeah it was great got to see nylander as well i got to see marner um Mm -hmm. but then yeah i got to meet mike babcock a funny story about this is i was in such a rush for him to sign something that the two things I found were a Maple Leafs puck and a Grant Fear card on the Leafs. So I have a Mike Babcock autograph on a Grant Fear card. I can't believe you never. Well, sorry, go on about your. Yeah, yeah. yeah just meeting him. Um, I guess this was just in a fan, you know, a fan perspective kind of thing. And there were like not too many people, which I was really surprised. I thought this would be packed because, you know, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Melander, and oh yeah. And Travis Dermott. I remember I was excited because he just played in there. He was going to play in the real juniors that year. Um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I just, he just came sound of stoic. And then even when he was like in the top press box, or, like Lou Lamorell and kind of stuff, like, you know, you never saw a smile or anything, but again, fan perspective, I don't know how he's going to be. Maybe there has been a transformation from the time he was with Toronto to how he is now, which is going to be weird to me if I see him like crack a joke because it's just going to be like, is this real? Is this for real? I mean, it's going to be, see that dump in there? You know, it's a, I don't know. Yeah, going a- back to your um, Brian Burke point, I don't even mean he's kind of like, he's kind of like a dad 
in a way to the other like no, people that joke around like it reminds me of jeff o'neill where you know like, like he, a granddad <laughs> no well, like jeff o'neill's kind of like he has that seriousness but he knows how to like go back and forth with things i know he's not that much older but it just it's i, I it reminds me of that more than because like brian burke too like he has that deep analysis but then when you know there is a comedic aspect to it he doesn't just go yeah all right yeah moving moving on like he'll go with it yeah, yeah i agree I, I mean i guess we'll have to see like when burke was leaves gm i don't remember him being the way he was on tv now mm-hmm. like at all even when he was in calgary i, I think it was like he was very he was unintentionally funny because he he has the Marshawn Lynch thing of like, that's my answer. Yeah. And he just stops. And Marsha, obviously Marshawn was the whole, I'm just here so I don't get fanned. I like you, you guys already know too. I, well, based on my Instagram, I met Brian Burke as well. Yes. Nice yes. Guy. Really yes. nice guy. There's like legend around Burke too. Because what we hear about Babcock off the ice is just this, like, I think they're, they're like, he's done stuff for like children's work and that. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, since he's been in, since he like was in his time in Toronto, then like all the bad stuff comes in. But the stuff you hear about Burke is like he does all this stuff with LGBTQ and all that, mm-hmm. and he almost got into a fight because one of his players got quarantined. Sorry, got offer sheeted, and he wanted to fight someone in the bar. It's like what? Yes. Hey, what is this? Dustin Penner. Oh my gosh, Dustin I remember Penner, that. that. Yes. It's uh, and plus like Burke's got the granddad charm of he says the same stories. It's like, oh, what do you mean he drafted the Sadid? Sorry, he did. Who did he draft? Sadids and Kadri oh, and Stuart Percy, mm-hmm. and not the guy who went twenty second in that same draft. Who was that? Tyler Biggs. Wow, interesting. Okay, um, next fellas, I'm just gonna read a quick tweet here and this is i love looking at certain teams cap situations and this is one from joe smith on twitter tampa bay lightning gm julian brisebois said they'd be really close to 81.5 million cap by tomorrow this tweet was uh done yesterday by the way so today um when start using ltir well it looks though some jedi cat maneuvering shout out to daniel's tweet uh, Tampa Bay could be 300. That was my tweet. Oh, that was yours? Okay, sorry. $334. No, again, not 340000 not 33000 $334 shy of the $81.5 million cap hit when Boo Neves' contract is added. No, it's 708 k by the way. If anyone was wondering what happened was with Boo Neves. I love it. I, I, that buys you nothing. That literally buys you nothing. Does it no. even buy a PS5? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. But do they need anything? Uh, not necessarily. Like, I could see them adding at the deadline again, um, a couple guys like they did last year, because they're going to be in cap hell again next year. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't going away uh, anytime soon. Unfortunately, not really. Unfortunately, they won their cup. They can deal with it. Yeah, okay. They- Oh. Is that me who cut out? Let me, let me Yeah, we're not recording. Okay, go. No, now we're recording. Sorry. Record. Okay. Hey, we're back. Nothing went wrong at all. Uh, this is from Luke Fox Jukebox on Twitter. Maple Leaf season will be documented in an Amazon Prime series. All or nothing. The behind the scenes docuseries will provide sorry, 
quote, we'll provide our team a way to connect with Maple Leaf fans here in Toronto and around the world like never before. Brandon Shanahan says in the release. And as Alex has said on the doc, and I believe you said it on Twitter as well, right? Someone must have watched Drive to Survive. This is very, very interesting. And in a game where I don't think an episode goes by where we don't criticize the NHL and how small it is, this is huge for them. I mean, I like. I mean, Daniel and I. Well, I don't think we would have considered watching F one if you hadn't gotten us into Drive to Survive, Alex. Who I am scared is frozen again. Oh no, nope, it's working just drinking again. water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look at what Drive to Survive has done for F one. What could this series do now for the NHL, Alex? Yeah, I think it could do a lot, and it's not even just Drive. Sorry, Drive to Survive. There's been th- there's uh, documentaries on Netflix. I think there are a couple about uh, soccer teams. Like I know they did one for Barcelona, uh, a couple smaller English teams. And like, it's a great way to expose. Cause if you do it properly, it really like that brand exposure is huge for the team. And especially now where it's like, Hey, like we have ads on jerseys, uh, ads on helmets. We literally have ads on division names. Like we just need revenue here. Like, Right, that we need some something, and I think for that, I think it's great for that specifically. But I think it's great to grow the game too, right? Like, you guys are the perfect example of how watching this show and the way they put it, the way they put it together, got you into something. And like that exact same thing can happen to other people, whether it's in Toronto, whether it's in columbus whether it's in in europe like i don't know it could be anywhere and i think australia yeah like it could be anywhere like and i think um i think other teams should consider doing it as well i know hot i know hockey's this whole thing where it's like we need to be secretive just to let people know that doesn't work no it worked for like a hundred years but then you started like there's a again i say it every episode there's a reason they're four out of four Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, I find it really interesting what Alex said about this whole secrecy kind of thing because I think for years we had that running joke of the media and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I remember looking at responses to this documentary and you know the Phil Kessel interviews where he's like, "How is it my fault?" Yeah, um, they kept playing those parts where it's just like, "Oh, this is gonna go smoothly," and I think it's different. I think that. The type of guys they have now, I know Phil Kessel has been better with the media lately, and you know it's a different relationships when he went, different relationship when he went to Pittsburgh in Arizona. But I think that we have these guys, and one thing I think about is Austin Matthews. He's really embraced that, you know, celebrity athlete persona lately. Like remember his GQ list? That was kind of funny. That uh, as an anime character. Yeah, where you know they're really in tune with the modern media trends of things. Where I don't think it's going to be what we saw with the Leafs previously, where they had these guys that they didn't want to talk to the media, where you know they were pressed when you know they gave the very stoic, you know, get pucks deep responses. That you know, there's a nice balance, I guess, for this year too, where they have the veterans. They have the guy, the younger guys, and they kind of have 
everything that's kind of going for them in a way. And one thing I kind of laugh at is when I think about Frederick Anderson and look back on the other goalies that, you know, they've had a lot of problems with, you know, being filmed with the media and everything. He's so stoic. He's so like, yeah, you know, that was the game. And then he's like, okay, on to the next game. Like he never really shows like a huge level of frustration. He never is someone where he has a bad game. And then suddenly it's like, we don't see him for a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to mention that the season has officially started. The game has started. The puck is dropped. Crosby won the face off. Sorry. That's why I was looking away. It's just because I got very, very excited. Yeah. Like what's with those smiles? Hockey is officially back and I can't yeah. contain the excitement. Feels like yesterday we were talking about Carter Verhage lifting up the cup. I know. I know. It's so nice. Philly. Let's go. Hockey. All right. I'm saying Pittsburgh takes it. Uh, I am too. Sidney Crosby's going to have a great game. I can just feel it in my bones. Okay. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, John Tortorella apparently told 971 Randall, who is, I guess they're a pot. I've n- I have not never heard of these guys, but they seem very reliable. 15,000 followers on Twitter. And Friedman was backing some of this stuff up too. So I think that listen, Friedman says something. That's what gets me. Okay. I don't know every local media outlet, but anyway, so Tortorella told these guys that Dubois spoke to the team before the season. This is in regard to his trade, right? And simply Tortorella said he wants out and Dubois hasn't told his teammates why he wants to be dealt. Now, again, people have said that maybe he wants a bigger spotlight. And, I mean, it is Columbus, unfortunately. We've spoken about this before. And 31 Thoughts – oh, this is great. There was a randomly out of nowhere – the 31 Thoughts guys released a new podcast today. Yeah. Um, You know, shout out to Daniel, former 31 Thoughts guy over there. You know, humble brag. Um, And they talked about on the show today that apparently everyone sort of had this idea about Dubois that – it was going to be definitely an after-the-season thing. But apparently teams have been very serious as of, like, now, and Kekalainen has been getting deals that made him think. No specifics. He didn't name, like, this team has especially made this deal. Naturally, he mentioned the Jets and the Canadians are interested and we're talking. But this Dubois stuff could happen sooner rather than later, guys. And I'm getting kind of excited about it. It'll be the most interesting part because of the season. It, Considering how dead the trade deadline may be, it very well could be. I just, where does he go, though? I mean, like, I'm thinking about this from Winnipeg's point of view. I know I just randomly threw it out there a few weeks ago. But what exactly does Line A, does it make sense for Line A to actually go to Columbus? Because it's Rick Nash all over again. For Columbus or for Is Texier gonna be his line mate? If like looking at maybe another team, one that I mentioned was linked. Daniel, do you see a real link that is it realistic that Dubois could go to an Anaheim? We know we they have the assets, they have young centermen, which Columbus want. They could also provide them some defensemen. You know, they've lost Nudavar and that. Do you see a real fit there? In a way, I think so. I think Dubois goes into a situation where the team is good enough that, you know, they're not going to stay at the bottom for too long. And he can be that guy that, you know, we don't know what Trevor Zegers, if he's going to become the quote unquote next Ryan Getzlaff. Like Dubois 
is a known commodity, but at the same time, we look at what Columbus would take back from that trade in terms of assets. Like, are they going to take a step back and try to get a bunch of these quality young guys that are eventually going to develop, but it's going to take a few years to get there? Because I also look at what they have in terms of salary committed and the years that are committed, like, you know, a Cam Atkinson, a, a Savard, a uh, Nyquist, a uh, Bjorkstrand, like, are these guys that want to be willing to stick around if they take another step back, you know, trading away another, a homegrown, like, potential star in Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah, I mean, it would be so nice if they could actually keep a, um, a star around. Um, Alex, do you see any other realistic fits for where Dubois could end up? Uh, yeah, I think one team that's, I mean, in the last uh, year, couple of years, pretty much, has been the Rangers. See, that that's an interesting one. It's just an unfair at that point. Well, they were linked to Eichel, right? Oh, yeah, for that when that like that hour where people were like, yeah, he's going to get traded. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my McKenzie thought process. with the late night I, I tweets. Think, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I think that they'd be a candidate. I don't know if they'd actually do it. Like, I think they have assets that they could potentially give up. But um, but they'd have to give up quite a bit to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't know if it's necessarily worth it for them. It, it, it might be the better route for them to just develop the prospects they have. But it's a, it's a realistic target because they're looking for a guy to either be better than Mika Zabinijad or or they're looking for a one-two punch realistically. Like they're looking for what Toronto has. They're looking for what uh, Pittsburgh has. They're looking for what Tampa Bay has. Mm-hmm. See, the two of you, one thread I'm kind of realizing here is the idea of, is there a prospect in our system that can turn into what Pierre-Luc Dubois already is? And what people have to be careful at is looking, sorry about that, is looking at his hockey DB page because there's been years where he has been offensively, you know, dynamite. But then you're going to look at maybe last year and realize, okay, where is that production? You have to remember the system he plays. Um, but I think his, his playoff performances in the past have sort of reminded people of how good he is. Um, so, like, just a note for people there. And the question of do we have a centerman that it can be that good and, you know, we don't know what he might be, could be a route for the Canadians to make that move. Now, naturally, when a big centerman becomes available over the past few years, they've been linked to them. And when he's French, that's another layer. And, of course, if Columbus had picked Jesse Puglia Harvey, Dubois would actually be a Montreal Canadian by now. It's a long story dating back to the P.K. Subban trade between the Canucks and Montreal that never happened. But Yarmo screwed that whole thing up. So in a separate timeline, he's actually a Canadian. Now, naturally, if you are the Blue Jackets, the first thing you're saying is, I want Nick Suzuki. And then it's a questionable, like, no, no. Is no. it? Yes, I think it How is. About, but listen, there's the perfect match sitting right in front of Yarmo Kekalainen. Yarmo Kekalainen's finish, right? Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be perfect that he brought in Yasperi Kotkaniemi? I think right now, the first centerman you would ask for is Suzuki. Yeah, of Now, course, if, of again, course. if there's a scenario where they says, I want Suzuki, and it's like, 
No, then you say, all right, I want KK. Yeah. Because the difference is, is right now, and this would probably work in Columbus Advantage if they worked and waited this year, because then you all of a sudden see two storylines in Montreal. You see what Kakinemi has in maybe a year that isn't filled with injuries. And you see what has, ends up happening with the Philip Deneau situation. I am a lot more comfortable. And listen, if this trade does not happen and the Canadians go with their seven right now, I'm, also, I'm okay with it. But if there is a deal to be done, I think it makes a lot more sense for the Canadians to say, all right, we'll send Kakinyemi that way. Now, I don't think the Finnish thing is instantly that because people seem to have this idea that Kakalainen, that's the allergic to Finns. Um, <laughs> and that goes back to the whole, like, ah, pull the RV, I don't yeah. need them for the thing. Or he um, just knew something that other people didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was a shock when he drafted. Again, at the time, that move didn't make sense because it was, right. okay, we're getting a centerman, but he had only played center that half year in junior did Dubois. It's amazing that he's this good. But then I wonder, like, uh, where else? Because obviously the trade starts with, like, let's concoct a deal here. And when, uh, something that Friedman mentioned today on 31 Thoughts was if there is a trade and there is a, before anyone asks about cap implications, Columbus can add Dubinsky as LTIR because he's he's done. So yeah. that's a big cap situation. So you wouldn't have to worry about that. And, of course, um, for security's sake, there is a uh, – Sorry, Dubois is an RFA at the end of this. Right. I, yeah, there makes sense here. You obviously start off a first-round pick. You add the centerman. If they need a defenseman, the Canadian, obviously you're not touching Romanov, but no. I think this could happen. Bergevin, if you want extra picks, he's got picks. Right. Like, there's a route. There, I think if there's a team that, it, that has assets and could really use Dubois – it, it is Montreal. Like, I, I don't know what if my thought, like, when I look at what well, I said, the Rangers, but when I look at the Rangers, what are you giving up of significance? Like, they have assets, but how many good assets do you have? Like, not good, mm-hmm. great assets do you have? I think they have a lot of good assets. The younger guys that are starting to come up, but how many great assets do they have? That fit that at centerman. Yeah. There's not really that guy. Now, now there are guys like Kraftsov. Mm-hmm. Obviously, great names in there. But of course, if 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 we're talking about players, like good players that are at least forwards, yeah, it's yeah. not gonna happen because they're gonna ask for Lafreniere. here. Because I mean, who else even on their roster, like besides like, they're big guys. You're not trading Panera, and you're not going to ask for Kreider's advantage at, obviously. No. And I don't know if you would, even even if you're Columbus, you would ask for a Capo Caco right now. But um, we are moving on here because we, we do have to cut some stuff. Um, just dropped that. Sorry. Um, I'm going to say for now, let's just – let's cut Kane until next episode because we have lost a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. And Evander Kane. I just – I feel like – and it's ongoing, so there'll yeah, be more details to talk about next sure. episode. And there's a very good athletic article that people can read about the Evander Kane stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about talking that about that because 
That just screams libel lawsuit if you wrote that the wrong way. Um, yeah. But anyway, we will preview. It's taken me this long to realize that I haven't mentioned the fact that, that Daniel's got his Ducks jersey on. Alex has his Leafs jersey on, and I'm sporting my Jonathan Drew and Habs jersey. The Canadians and the Leafs. I don't know what else there is to really say. You, you don't really need to build up a Canadians and a Leafs game. No. So I guess what I'll simply do here right now is ask both of you, and I'll start here with Alex, what are you expecting tonight from both teams? Okay. I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this all day because I heard, you know, there's these guys who are in the best shape of their lives and, you know, the, there was training camp, but like I don't necessarily think it's going to be the best hockey ever. Like even in a regular season with exhibition games and a proper training camp, the first few games really aren't the greatest hockey. Um, so you you are getting a little roboty. Oh, how about now? Oh, it's getting worse. It, Could you cut out a bit? Yeah. Can you hear me? You sounded like like how Megatron looked at the end of Transformers. <laughs> we can hear you, yeah, but it's it just cuts out a bit, like towards the end of the sentence. Mm-hmm. How about now? Um, give us a little something. Like, yeah. So I was sentence. just I was just saying about the, it's not going to be the greatest hockey just because, it, it's an odd season. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. It sounded like it, it, it fixed there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We like. I almost said. I almost said it was ring rust. Um, that's wrestling. They're going to be rusty. First of all, um, yeah. even if they had like obviously these guys played. The, the off season has been shorter than normal. A little extended because they were supposed to start at the end of G- the beginning of January, but it's still the normal sort of knockoff that we'd see when the seasons start normally. Plus they have less of a training camp and no preseason games to get ready for. Yeah. I still think it's going to be a good game though. Um, I, I agree uh, with this. I think there's so many different aspects of each team that you're going to see a lot more of a rollout of the lines where you're going to try to experiment in a way. Um, your camera's frozen, by the way. Okay, it's fixed now. It's okay, right? just keep um, going. Just keep going. Okay. All right. Um, I guess first off, I mean, stories to keep an eye on as always is first off, Austin Matthews has a very terrible tendency of, of scoring a goal in every home opener he's ever played in. Um, and he also loves scoring on Carey Price in the first month of the season. I think he's done it. It's a ridiculous amount. Um, was it the? It's four times, right? I believe so. It's yeah. been it's ridiculous because obviously his debut game was the famous one, and then it's he just he has that naturally a score is going to score, but he'll be looking to set that record, of course. And naturally for the Canadians, and we're talking about Russ, there will be a question of what will that Canadian team look like with the injection of so many different players? How will certain guys play? Um, I'm just wondering if if. Also on the Leafs, of course, there are some new additions. But maybe if you guys could give me a couple players that you're sort of looking at, just kind of see how they're fitting in with their new squads. Um, Daniel, did you want to go first? 
Um, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so I think two guys I really want to look for is Wayne Simmons and TJ Brody. I really want to see how Brody kind of fits in with that top sit with that top those top pairings with um see how he goes with the Morgan Riley you know that's something that I've been anticipating to see how that really goes why Cal Dubas has been wanting this guy for two years and just want to kind of really see is this you know not not is this it but is this finally where we can say you know no more carousel beside Morgan Riley mm-hmm. And for Wayne Simmons, I think it just, I've always been such a huge fan of him that his type of game, I still think perfectly translates. I don't think that, you know, he's one of those players that's way past his prime, but I really understand that there are those type of players that his style is something that, you know, doesn't always age too well. But I think he could still play at a pretty high level. It just didn't really work out with him last year with, uh, the Devils and the Sabres, but I think now he's playing in a role that perfectly suits where he is in his career and something I think the Leafs absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. Alex? Uh, yeah, just um, Austin Matthews has nine goals in four opening night games. Jesus. Four in the first one, um, one in his second year, and then the last two years he's scored two in each game. I don't remember who they played though, except mm-hmm. Ottawa, obviously. But um, yeah. T- so there's a couple guys. There's TJ Brody and Wayne Simmons. I'm also interested to see what Jimmy VC looks like, um, just because you know he was so he was su- he was supposed to be so good, right? The VC sweepstakes. Unfortunately, Toronto lost it the first time, but. I'm interested to see how he how he plays because he's going to be next to Tavares and uh, Nylander. And and, spe- and specifically with Tavares, he props guys up, right? Last year or a couple of years ago, Marner. Uh, last year, Nylander, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm interested to see how he, Tavares rubs off on VC uh, if they continue to go with that line. TJ Brody, same as, Dan- as Daniel was saying, pretty much it gives Riley like his best partner he's ever had period. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Dubas has wanted this guy f- since he traded Kadri. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he sees in this guy. Um, and Simmons, Simmons is, you know, everyone wanted him to come back to Toronto and he really fits what the team needed, even though they lost Kyle Clifford, as Bert, Brian Burke would say. They didn't loot, they didn't add Wayne Simmons, they lost Kyle Clifford. But I think Wayne Simmons does a little bit more than Kyle Clifford. He's he Kyle, like I saw Kyle Clifford as, as extremely gritty, but I think Wayne Simmons is extremely gritty, but he has a different element to his game um, as well. And now that he's had a full year off, pretty much a full year off, I think we've, we're going to see a, a rested Wayne Simmons, and I don't think we've seen that in a while. I would hope that tonight the best thing to not know this would actually be TJ Brody. You know what I mean? Just to yeah. make sure that Morgan can go do his thing. It's like it's a classic thing of if I don't know this, it's Jacob Slavin. It's a great night. If I noticed Carl Olsner, we were in for a rough night when he was a Canadian. 
I'd just like add to one more thing. I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think for the Canadian side, it's just that depth, that rolling out of the lines of what they've really added, seeing what really works, because I think this is probably one of the deepest Montreal teams I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, I was going to ask that next. Um because I did mean when I asked names, like I was hoping you'd give me some on both squads there. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, so yeah, I, 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 I did Okay. <laughs> I can yeah, do that yeah. too. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, okay. So I guess I feel like these are cheesy answers, but uh, I, I, I'm saying cut Kanyemi and Suzuki. I think it's easy to say to Foley and, and Anderson, but I, I think those two guys, cause they're young and, you know, we saw them take next steps in the playoffs. Now the real question is, can they take those next steps over a full NHL season? One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, you talked about the depth itself. Is there an individual player from the Canadian or two players maybe? I don't know. However, however many you want. Maybe you'll I have. <laughs> I think for me, there's three. So yeah. number one, know. Nick Suzuki, the development. I love the guy, uh, Asian player. I want him to continue to kind of develop in his role you know i i think i saw what the expected lines he's supposed to be the first line center tonight and i just kind of want him to keep you know stay there keep that consistency going um second is tyler to because i just love his game and i love that i predicted that he was going to come to montreal so yes. i'm going to keep remembering that for the season and third is carrie price still one of my favorite players someone that i just love that he's still dominating that he still kind of showed last year. I could still be, you know, arguably the best goalie in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for my side, first of the Leafs, I'm really, really interested to see what Mitch Marner is going to look like this entire season. Um, I just have this really unfortunate feeling for the Canadians that he's just going to come out and be a completely, he's going to hit another level, which is kind of weird to say about Mitch Marner because he's already so good. But without the contract's been out the way and, you know, just the events that have happened in the past year that now that sort of the heat's been off of him. Um, also, Joe Thornton, just to see what he's like in the new environment. Uh, just because he's just been such a thing of the shark, you wonder if there will be a bit of a jolt. Um, and then on the, I just, I felt I mentioned the, like, mentioned the defenseman beside Brody, Muzzin again, um, because it it's really felt like, is it weird to say that Muzzin's the best defenseman on the Leafs? No. Because I feel like he is. And, again, I think he's going to be another guy who – he's just going to be such a centerpiece of that team this year. And if there were going to – because he's just such a rare talent, I think, Muzzin on both ends of the ice. Um, so I'll be very much looking forward to watching him. Uh, I still, again, not against – I still don't think people appreciate that trade. No, I mean, Grundstrom's getting in trouble being part of a team that's having gambling issues, but... Um, oh, yeah. man, remember when I loved that guy? I kept talking about him. Yes. <laughs> um, and for the Canadians, number one, Josh Anderson. I just... I am so interested to see how his season turns out. Um, and it just it feels like he's this kind of phenom, like almost like a, an animal at the zoo when everyone's like pointing at... Look at him. He's great. You know, he's just, he's like a lion or something. Um, he's like the big gorilla, an orangutan or something. I don't know, like the ones from, um, is it the orangutan? What's the big red monkeys that are from, uh, or apes that are from Planet of the Apes? 
Are they orangutans? I don't know. I'm going to watch that movie again. I just thought they were apes. Check out next episode and we confirm. But, you know, like the big, the big, the big, the big, 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 big fellas. And naturally, Alexander Romanov. Because, you know, obviously I can, the young guys, yeah, you expect the next step, but you get a general sense of their game. But Romanov is just such an unknown, really. It's clear he is an NHL player from just the way. uh, It's kind of weird to say just from a drill, but you can tell. Um, And just he's given, it seems like they trust him already, which is so strange because they have not been like this with a player in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I'm excited for. That and Jake Allen, really. Um, It's Jake Allen. Why not? Um, He won't be playing tonight, but, um, but yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say Jake Evans. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, listen, I love Jake Evans, but he'll just be a safe, nice to Kulak as well. Why not? Um, yeah. All right. I believe that is everything. Um, Cause yeah, Vander Kane is on, on that. Before we go one question and it could be quick. Yes. And we're probably gonna update you again mid season about this, but what is the Ryan Paling watch? Uh, he is on the taxi squad, I believe. And I don't know how, what the priority is to gonna like to be able to get him in. Cause I know Fro Leak has played center before, but I am mean, a more natural winger, but I, I, I'd like to, again, remember he's a very young player, ceiling third line guy. Like I, I hope he gets in and I don't think he had a camp or short, but you didn't hear his name. Jake Evans very much had the inside track to that job, I'd say. So, I don't know. Um, to be honest, if, if like maybe he pulls a Roslovic and he's like, "Yeah, I want out of here." But I mean, right now it's just I don't know what they're going to be doing with Paling. Um, I don't even know if he's part of their future plans. Um, but we'll, maybe he's we'll part see. of a Pierre Luc Dubois trade. We'll see. I mean. Sure. Well, there's going to be added value because well, if that happens, the Canadians need to do Binti LTIR because their cap situation. So I don't know. Maybe additionally, they're like, "Yeah, I'll <laughs> give me KK and give me Paling. Why not?" Um, again, yeah. Next episode, we'll talk about Evander Kane and how the season is going so far because we'll have hockey back by then. Um, also, we haven't really talked about it a ton. We didn't. I don't know how we forgot to mention this last episode. Dallas, it's been a thing for a few days now. Their season is being delayed, uh, or the start of their season is being delayed because they have a bunch of trouble with COVID. Um, we talked about it pre-show before we were recording, but um, well wishes to all of those guys. And um, I believe some of the Canucks... Well, okay, COVID protocol has been yeah. given for a lot of players like Jordy yeah. Ben, um, some other guys from the Pittsburgh-Philly game like Gosses Bear and that. Um, so well wishes to any one of the players who are getting affected. And, um, luckily the NHL have said that they have planned for this because naturally everyone has, and there is space to make up these games. So did well wishes a, to the Dallas did, did they do a smart thing? Did they the did the smart thing. The NHL did a smart thing. <laughs> Check yes. mark. Uh, Check mark. Green star. I mean, gold star. Gold star. Maybe it's a green star. Green star. Green star. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the, the Canadians app. It's time to drop the puck. No, it's not. Not for another 40 minutes. They do this every goddamn year. Okay. Um, by the way, one more thing that I have to mention. I have to find a red one. My mother has a very bad habit of eating gummy bears when the games are on because it's just so stressful. Mm-hmm. And we have a red gummy bear here. 
Hey. This is um. It? No, you can't eat it. No, no. You can't eat the. I'm probably candy. gonna eat it later, but oh. um, this is berry gooly. So the Brendan Gooley, it's Barry Gooley, even though Caden's the Canadian and the other one's the star. Um, but he's the good luck charm today. He'll sit right here and he'll watch the game. Until and then you're going to eat him after. Him. You're yes. going to eat him after. Or if we're is that out of spite or out of celebration? It depends both. on how the score is okay. both, at both. any given time. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that's everything, lads. Uh, yeah, thank those. you for bearing with us today. We had some technical difficulties there, but... Um, Hockey is back. We have distractions in our lives because it's still a bit of a mess the world is. Thank you to Voice Set as always for being a fantastic platform for the show. We love you. Check out the YouTube portion of the show, Visual Experience, see all our beautiful jerseys. Be sure to check out, I know I said the YouTube. I'm so sorry, but if you're in the YouTube again because I accidentally told you to, go to the comments, let us know. What players in the North Division or any division? I don't. But the North Division, because Canada is all that matters, guys. Yeah. What players are you looking forward to see this season? Maybe it's Nathan McKinnon. We'll make an exception for him because he's the best player in the world. Sorry. Check out my YouTube channel. There will be an HFR after this game. It will be done tomorrow, though, because I will be too tired from this and watching the Colorado <laughs> game. So I'm gonna have to find out how to watch because it's not on TV. What we all know how we watch. Yeah, it's not because well, because Sportsnet are obviously prioritizing the Canadian games, right? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Be sure to check out Alex's blog, and I believe we have an audio insert for what Daniel's doing. What? We got Will to do Did that, we? right? You got that right, Daniel. That doesn't sound like a yes. This is a uh, pending, maybe our Sunday episode. Okay. I yes. I misunderstood our text conversation in the group chat. <laughs> No problem. Okay. But that's the preview for what may come up on Sunday. <laughs> Check out Will Baldwin on the show. Check out, Check out Will Baldwin. Check out his airball.com stuff. I'm sure he'll something about hard and ready. Okay, um, that's it. Enjoy the hockey. Five stars on Spotify and premium and all that stuff. Woo. Yeah. Go Habs, go. Yeah.